Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. And welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. I'm Adam Minahan sitting here with David Niles and about 75 to 100 of our closest friends here at St. Anne's in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Along with, we have two special guests this evening. We have Austin Ferguson from Broken Arrow Brewing Company. If you were with us at the Catholic Man Show campout at Clear Creek, you are very familiar with the high quality of beer that Broken Arrow Brewing provides. This is sponsored by them, as well as we have the coming back to the Catholic Man Show once again, Father Brian. Uh, I said Father Brian O'Brien. Oh, oh man, Father hey. Sean O'Brien. That is Father- a sensitive subject. <laughs> Father Sean O'Brien. There is a lot of O'Briens around. Father Sean, welcome. Austin, welcome. Back. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, if you guys don't remember that Father Sean did have an episode with us on tattoos, which was a, which actually was one of the uh, uh, top yeah. record like top downloaded shows that we've had um, thus far. So you want to go back and check that out. We concluded that Juan was not going to help. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, luckily, <laughs> because, luck- yeah, the sea turtle didn't conten- did not condemn him. Ooh. Yeah, he has a he has a tattoo on the on his shoulder, and we were wondering if he was going to go to hell or not. Um, Dodge. He may Barely. still, if he dies unrepentant in the state of mortal sin, Don't do but that. it won't be because Don't of the be tattoo. So, so tattoos are good. Yeah, they're fine. Are not good. Well, okay. Actually, you, sh- you should go back and listen to the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of nuances there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's an episode worth. Uh, Austin, thanks so much for for hanging out with us this evening. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I can't want to put my mouth and stare at you at the same time. Yeah, no, it is thank weird. You that's so okay. much. I, I appreciate it. Okay, so we're having a, a beer from, like I said, Broken Arrow Brewing. Austin, when I first found out that you were a part of Broken Arrow Brewing, I realized that you and I actually went to school together. We did. Uh, you're a year older than I am, but I just remember going on the bus, like we were, we, I think we went to football, we were football players together yep. and we rode the bus together and it all started clicking once I found out. When you, yeah, I first saw you and I was like, oh, we did play football and I was a year older, so if I was rude or mean to you. You like pancaked was, me no. every single was, day for like a, three no, years. don't apologize. <laughs> no, he deserved it. He needed that. He <laughs> yeah. needed it. It made him the manniest <laughs> yeah, thing. Right. You should have known. You. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I, we owe I you beat, I beat the Jesus in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so what beer are we trying this evening? What, what, what's our man drink today? Um, so, the one that you guys have in front of you, you guys get to keep your glasses, too, by the way. And this Sweet plastic cups out there, you guys take them home with you, too. Oh, what a treat. Oh, wow. You, you guys say that we don't give at the Catholic Man Show. We're, yeah, give it's all about giving here. But uh, this is our Belgian quad that we uh, named Father Dominique. And uh, as you guys know from your last episode at the Abbey, the Clear Creek Abbey that... Um, 
the we call our Clear Creek Saison, uh, another beer um, inspired by, as like we're talking about, like the um, Catholics coming to uh, Indian territory and everything they they started. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so Father Dominique, um, like I said, it's it's a Belgian quad. Um, it is probably one of our our biggest sellers. And when we don't have it on tap, we get some angry comments. About it, so. Okay. So here's what we do. We're gonna we're gonna cheers and then and and we will uh, we will we'll taste it. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise, raise your, your glass. glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Okay, so what, what's on the nose, Austin? What, I mean, what, what should they expect? So, Belgian quads, um, if you've ever had different styles, like, it's, you could pick out a few things that, of all quads that you try, are very similar, and even like some triples, uh, Belgian triples. So that yeast, as it warms up, um, I'm sure if you guys are sitting down, as it warms up, you're gonna notice that you're gonna start getting more banana, a little bit more banana bread, um, and that, that comes directly from that Belgian yeast that we use. So a lot of Belgian yeast strains um, have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, but that is, it's definitely one of my favorite yeast strains to use. But like I said, as it warms up, you get a whole nother feel out of it. Right when you taste it, you, got, you could almost get like raisin bread, um, like stone fruit. Um, almost, I would say like raisin. And then it kind of transfers um, into like more of a banana. But... This one, uh, it's 9% ABV, so it's, it's definitely up there. Drink but responsibly. It, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, if you have a couple of them, that's, we, at the brewery, we only serve them in 8-ounce glasses. Uh, when we first released it, we had them in 12-ounce glasses. And after my patrons had about two of them, I was sick. I wasn't sick. I was calling Uber for everybody or taking keys. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him in the bathroom on the closet. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely one of those... Um, why I love the craft brewing industries because we want a super full flavored beer. And at nine percent, I'm sure some guys, if you tried it, you've had a higher alcohol beer that you're like, that tastes like alcohol. I didn't want that. But here, if you didn't know it was nine percent, um, and you had too many of them, it could get you in trouble. But that that's more of the that that kind of yeast strain, and then kind of the process of you know our how we brew it is very smooth, drinkable beer, and that's why. Um, you could see that there's not a lot of head retention on there, and that kind of comes from some higher alcohol um, content beers, but also that our carbonation level that we do it. Um, that way, if it's, if it's carbonated just right, which I think it is, especially if you drink one in our tap room, that's a couple blocks that way. I plug myself. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't even have to yeah. turn. Yeah, literally go out of the, the parking lot. Just keep driving straight. Two blocks west of Maine. Broken Air Brewing. Website is? Uh, Broken Air Brewing. CO.com. Uh, there it I almost is. I forgot my oh. website. But uh, <laughs> that, that happens after these beers. But, um, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's definitely one of our, uh, my favorite beers, and I, I'm completely honored to, to be on this year with you guys. Um, so why Father Dominic? So Father Dominic, it's, um, it's when you guys asked me, I was like, oh, man, I, I gotta go find my notebook. So uh, you can't see this on the radio waves, but there's like one of like 15 of these notebooks that I have of either beer recipes or mash or like brewing notes or starting the brewery. Can I make uh, a copy of that? Yeah, just sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, available for sale. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I went back and I was like, oh, here's one of my the original quad recipes. And I was like, oh, here's why um, we started coming up with the name. So 
Uh, my amazing partners that weren't able to be here today is one is my father-in-law. Um, his name's Bud Ferris, and other one's Jason Northern. Um, Jason has kids. I do too, but he takes care of them. <laughs> no, I, my wife's at home. Kid. I'm just kidding. I love my kids. Sorry, Piper and Bo. <laughs> now, basketball game, but uh, so Bud and I, we started this journey like seven years ago, and we always, as home brewers, love brewing big beers. And this Belgian quad, we've been brewing for that's probably 11 years we've been doing this recipe. And it, it's changed a little bit, um, especially when we got on the bigger system. But um, some of my original notes is, so some, and like I said, I'm, uh, don't hate me, but I'm not Catholic. I, I love Jesus, though. I grew up Baptist, but um, cheers to Jesus. all you guys know. Yeah. Love, love me some Jesus. <laughs> Um, I, had, I had a couple guys trying to convert me. Where are they at already? <laughs> well done, gentlemen. Um, well yeah. done. <laughs> um, but the, the history of brewing and Catholicism and Christ, I mean, people are like, Christ and beer? Well, yeah. That's, um, so I'm going to read kind of a few of my notes. But Father uh, Isidore Robot, um, if I could, Rabot, Rabot. I think, Rabot. Um, it's, it was a St. Benedictine monk and came over with uh, Brother Dominique. And so kind of the, how we got to this and lots and lots of research, but Brother Dominique actually went back to Belgium and started brewing and became a father. And um, I could be wrong, but Wikipedia said I wasn't, so <laughs> we're all good there. But uh, so Father Rabot, Rabot, okay, so you already know this story here. But they founded Sacred Heart Abbey, and so we loved that, you know, as a, a Native American-owned brewery, and a Native American myself, is that St. Benedictine monks were coming over here and sharing the word of Christ with Native people in Indian Territory. So back in 1875, in Indian Territory wasn't the safest place to hang out and go talk about some foreign god that no one likes you for. So... So they're very brave guys, and we love that. But you know, there's stories where they were sharing Christ with the native people, people with a pint of beer over a campfire. So that's kind of how we started with that, and that's kind of always been our passion: is you know, serving the Lord, brewing beer, and now it's hopefully I could show my kids to do that one day. Not my daughter; I got to keep her away from like guys that come out the brewery. Awesome. We only have about a minute and a half left. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I want to make sure that people know how they can get a hold of you. How like is can people out of the state get Broken Arrow Brewing? What's your plan? So right now we are or taproom only, but we just got our self distribution license. So we're going to start sending out kegs to here locally in Broken Arrow. Start branching out, and then eventually we're going to get a canning line. That we will um, cross the state lines. Um, that's kind of a our, our huge goal for us. Like we're saying within the next two years, but as we know, like we didn't think we'd be distributing in six months of being open, but here we are. So, uh, yeah, if you can uh, have someone here in state, like get some beer and mail it to them. I, th- I don't know if that's legal. If it's not, then uh, just drive it to them. But yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, or go to the camp out. Yes, so. they camp out oh, next yeah. year. We, we always Plugs. have Broken Air Brewing. Yeah, uh, Austin, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for My the pleasure. beer. Uh, thanks for for helping uh, promoting this. And uh, we're gonna try to get as many people as they can sipping no. on a little bit. Of Father thank Dominic. You. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, sorry for talking too much. No, no. no. Uh, awesome. We'll be right back. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So, so raise your, your glass. Woo! 
Okay, here we go. And welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan and Father Sean O'Brien. You guys know him as Associate Pastor. (laughs) Father Sean. Father Sean, thanks for being here. Thanks. It's fun to be here. Yeah. Be back. You know, I was thinking, have you ever had four people who grew up on Broken Arrow on the show at the same time? Was this a record-breaking event today? Ooh, I like first times on yeah, the Catholic Man really Show. Yeah, we really do. Uh, I'm Four-time Broken Arrow people. Yeah, I think I, so. I, I think so. Yes. It's been very rare that we've had Austin. four people yes. on the show yeah, at one have time. Have we ever had four people on the show at one time? I, don't, I can't recall. It's a first. I'll call it a first. Yeah, that's All what right. I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. It's an honor. <laughs> Juan, say something and it'll be five people. Go. Don't See. spill your beer. Don't spill the beer. You almost you did. Wire. You oh, almost gosh. spilled that. Oh, bro. That would have been alcohol like abuse. Yeah. Alcohol I'm abuse. Glad I didn't. Glad I didn't. That would have been embarrassing. Foul, okay, so we're going to talk about a nativity set. That's the man gear today. It's Christmas. You guys know that. It's actually not Christmas. No. 20th. It's Advent. It's Advent. We're deep into okay. Advent. We, we have rejoicing because Christ is near. He's so close. So close. So close. So right now, your, your, ad, your nativity set does not have the little baby Jesus in it. Hopefully, I have one. In fact, Sean, in my office, you... Father Sean. Father Sean. Pardon me. Show some respect. That's, I, please, a thousand apologies. You've known me since kindergarten. You should show some respect. <laughs> yes, Mr. Niles. Uh, I just need a second to collect myself. <laughs> Your workplace is something with me. I'm not sure. Okay, so you brought back a nativity set from Italy. Oh, I'm glad it It's at my office, and it has the baby Jesus separate from the manger. So right now, oh. little baby Jesus is, is, cold. Not, is not, no, he's wrapped up very warmly in a plastic bag. Oh, okay. In my middle drawer, but anyway, <laughs> I just need to, this is a I pe- will continue to give you gifts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> this is a pet peeve of mine. When you go and you see someone's nativity set, and the oh, I and you see like that baby Jesus comes out. Okay, guys, it's Advent. It's not time yet. We're, we have not. He's lit, not been born. We have not lit the white candle on the Advent wreath. Not there yet. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I do, but I don't have a white candle on my ad, Advent wreath. I, I don't either, but. If it did, it wouldn't be lit yet. Right. And show some respect to the mom, too, right? I mean, Mary, I mean, she's, yeah. she knows she's about ready to have a baby. Totally. No one yeah. can see it. I mean, let's respect her. Always. I, props. I don't Nine think. Nine months carrying him. Yeah, and I don't think a donkey is really very comfortable. I do not want to. I think they're a pretty much. without a baby. They're pretty much the worst of, of the pachyderm, pachydermy. I think camels are pretty bad. Are they pachyderms? Probably. They seem they seem like they're pretty ornery, yeah. Anyway, no, Glenn is in here shaking his head like you're. No, you're dumb. That's what he's thinking. So when I was in college, <laughs> I had a nativity scene. I don't remember much about it, but it was a little scene there, and it had all the characters in it. I know that because that's what a nativity scene is. Did and you move the wise men closer as Christmas approached? If that kit had wise men, I absolutely did. 
I like it. But what I do remember is that I put it into my Christmas tree. Wait, you put, wait, st- hold on. I had a Christmas tree in my dorm room. Right. My roommate was probably like, oh, geez. Anyway, so it was me and him and my Christmas tree. And uh, I just like stuck it in there. Like it just kind of put it in with, with the branches and it stuck. And the, so it wasn't big. That's, I guess, the And the reasoning disclaimer. for doing that is? It's got to go somewhere. Might as yeah. well put it in the Christmas tree. Oh, okay. Spot. I didn't know if you had like some theological understanding of like, this is it's why a, we did this. It's in a dorm room. I mean, it's like. Right, okay. I get it. Like yeah, yeah. Six yeah. square Space feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I, I got, got you. I got my, uh, all my undershirts underneath the tree and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so why is it important? Let me ask you this, uh, Father Sean. Why would you think that it's important for a Catholic dad to make sure that they have a nativity scene in their house with kids? All right, a dad's got to like have the big vision. He's got to be like, I got to get my my family, all my family, to heaven, and that is kind of you know it's it's a year yearly process. We kind of have these yearly cycles, and we got to hit these keystones when they come up. Christmas, Easter, there's no two bigger times. Right. And what's the core of Christmas? Ask me. I know. Yes, sir. Jesus. That is correct. Yes. That's like the answer to yes. every, every question. Your, your kid's got to see that Jesus. He's got to see that Mary and Joseph, all those animals there, because those animals stink. I mean, they probably didn't enjoy that smell. I don't know. Maybe they had good smelling donkeys back then. I, I, don't, I don't think so. But they, your kid's got to see that. I mean, you got to see it. Too. Maybe I before mean, the fall, there were good smelling donkeys. That's probably true. <laughs> wow, never thought of that. This I, I, I'm here for the deep place. insights. <laughs> Adam, that is valid. <laughs> Truth has been spoken on the show. Well, there's a first for everything. But yeah, I mean, like we, we're people who like depend on, on seeing stuff. You know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, the families mm-hmm. with little kids, they'll put their kids right in the front pew there. Why is that? So they can see so what's going on. See, so their attention can be held. Because we just, we, that's how we operate. We, we, we're visual people. Guys, you know that. And, hey, yeah. And yeah, I'm still that way. We gotta <laughs> see that baby coming. We wanna see that empty manger scene, and then we wanna see that baby come. And then we wanna see those, those magi, those wise men, you know, crossing your whole house. I mean, I, they're, maybe they're starting in the kitchen, maybe they're getting in the living room, maybe they're in the hallway, and then boom, they're in the manger. Not until January 6th. You know what I really like the idea of? An obnoxiously large nativity set for the house, for inside. You know, maybe... How big? Wise men that are three feet tall. Dwarf size. Yeah, I mean, like something that's <laughs> large. Wow. That like, is, you almost yeah, that have is. to walk around it. I just really like that idea. And you could move them a little closer. One, we know what to get Dave every for day. Christmas this year. <laughs> Can I store it at your house? No, no, you cannot. You only live like two houses apart. You could have them travel from house to house. Yeah. But we'll start with the Magi and we'll bring them to you as time goes. It can be my front yard. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, but I think I like the point that you're making that it's important for us to see, you know, the, the Catholic faith is an incarnational faith. And uh, what better time to remember the incarnation than Christmas? Um, and so it's that physical presence you know it's the the thing that's right there in front of us that reminds us about what is happening what season it is that for me are really the things that help me the most get into the right frame of mind well not only not only us but 
having the nativity scene out there, at least at least for, for my family, it has drawn a lot of questions for my boys. You know, I have a five-year-old and a four-year-old. Uh, questions and, mean opportunities. Yeah, and, and I think as dads, we're always trying to figure out how do we, how do we keep our kids in the faith? How do we pass on the tradition of the faith to our kids? organically right not not to where it's like okay okay son sit down we're gonna have an apologetic session you know like how do you organically you know uh, pass on the faith to our to, to our kids well a lot of times you don't necessarily have to create those moments you just have to uh live your faith like uh like you were saying tangibly like the nativity scene is a tangible thing that you can see and so it obviously is going to draw in questions and ask that where they're going to ask questions like, well, why is there, why are there donkeys here? You know, why, what are those three guys over there? Which by the way, it's funny that we have three guys and it never says three wise men. You know, it's like, it just says wise men in the Bible. Uh, I found, found that out by Father Dw- Dwight Longnecker. If you don't know anything about the, the Magi, uh, Google Father Dwight Longnecker. He has a whole book about the Magi. Pretty interesting wow. stuff. And were they wise men or kings? Uh, well, the translation could, that I read it could be both, I guess. The, yeah, or the translation. Like astronomers kind of like looking for the signs. Well, a lot of it was it, yeah. a lot of it was about astronomy. Anyway, so but it gives the opportunity for for the children to ask Science. questions, you know, and that's what that's where that, that's the home run as a Catholic dad, right? When they when they are so curious about the the faith. Uh, that they're asking the questions because then, they, then they're, you know that they're interested and you know you have the opportunity to, to teach that faith. Yeah. The tough part about being a priest is like people will ask questions and I'm like, I know this answer, I know this answer, and over here I'm clueless. Ah. But the cool thing about being his dad is like, you're going to see your son in five minutes, in an hour, tomorrow, the next week, everything. Mm-hmm. And so you got time to like hunt down an answer. And it's just, it's just peaceful. It's, it's patient. You know, it's, it's nice. Peaceful is... Peaceful. Hmm. That's a fun word. It, Peace. It is a peaceful on occasion, you know. Yeah. The pe- After that, they go to sleep. That's not the adjective that I would like use like in our household, but... Uh, it's good, though. At times. Even if it's not peaceful, it's good. Good. Yeah, so one thing that our girls are doing right now, we have... I don't know where we got it, but we have a Lego nativity set. Nice. And the girls love playing with that. I mean, they're all, and so that's, and I think that's important. You know, you, it's maybe good to have the nice, fancy uh, nativity that, you know, please, girls, please don't touch it. it please. <laughs> please don't do I'm that. put this higher. Yeah. Right, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, exactly. But then it's also good for them to have one that they can play with because now they're interacting with it and they play the story, you know, so they're t- teaching themselves and the story mm-hmm. And it's just, for me as a father, it's really heartwarming, I guess, to watch mm-hmm. um, that A, they know the story, right? And that B, they care enough about it to want to play that story. But, you know, if they didn't have that toy, then that wouldn't be happening. And so if you have small kids at home, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I can't imagine this set costing more than $10, $15. And we've certainly got our money's worth out of it. Sweet. Yeah. So when we get back, we're going to talk about peace. Oh. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Father Sean will will have something for us on on peace. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Here with about 100 of our closest friends from St. Anne's in Broken Arrow with uh, Father Sean O'Brien here this evening. We're going to be talking about the topic of peace. I feel like that is an important topic. Uh, I feel like that if the Catholic Church had a a candy it would be Reese's Pieces uh, I feel wow. like that uh, that wow. it is very important obviously so here's the deal it seems like that Jesus over and over again is just trying to give us his peace I mean in the liturgy you hear peace over and over peace and over I again you. my peace I give, give you. you yeah I mean in you know anytime he comes up to the upper room the moment he says he steps in he says peace it is very clear that Jesus wants to give us peace. Um, and so I guess the question would be, what is it and why would he want to give that to us? Peace. Yes, there's the softball for you. I like peace a lot because Good. it's like part of like the kingdom of God. Like St. Paul says something of like, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but it's of peace and of joy. So peace is kind of a big deal. Peace. Well, what does it not? Like, what, what doesn't fit into, into peace? Like if you're afraid, well, that's, that's not very peace-like. Or if you're unjust, that's not very peace-like. So it seems kind of just like, I didn't look up a definition. Sorry about that. But uh, it just seems kind of like harmonious relationship. Yeah, I think there's a certain order yeah, to peace. You important. know, if you have disorder, then you certainly yeah. don't have peace. It gives, a, it gives unity. Mm-hmm. It seems like peace gives unity. Especially, like, not only in a commun- community setting, but even in, like, an internal setting, like, your appetites. Uh, like, what, like, when you're peaceful, it seems like that you're not as um, prone to falling into temptations or even negatively looking at somebody, you know, like, like if I'm at peace, I'm going to, I'm going to, it seems like that I would look at somebody in a, in a better light than if I was not at peace Internally, I would, I would, it seems like I would draw out what, what they're not good at or something. Look at them negatively. You agree with that? I agree at with least that. that. That's just my, that, I agree. It's like, that's just what I do, like I guess. It's the experience of a virtuous man. You know, Christian virtue, Christian virtue. Because, I mean, we also don't want to say that, hey, I mean, the peace that we're hoping for is just kind of like whatever peace that anyone can get. Like, we're also saying that there's an author of peace. Peace is a gift. Peace is something that is... It's from above, and there's an author of peace, and that is the Lord. Yeah, it also seems like peace, you have peace when you have no desires. You're, you're content. Well, your desires are ordered. Yeah, right. I think desires or, are ordered. your desires or, or, are Or they're ordered. satisfied, you know, that when your appetite isn't. You do, if you have peace, you're not longing for anything. You know, you're just very happy with what you have. Um, and, and well, so, would martyrs have peace? I think so. I think so. Yeah. But they might not be satisfied in a certain sense. Yeah, they might not want to die. But, I mean, their, their desires ordered. Like, I want God above all things. And, yeah. doggone it, this is, this is my choice. I want this. And yeah. hopefully they're ex- exemplifying endurance. Endurance. From the uh, yeah. act of fortitude, which we just talked about last episode. That's the only reason why I knew that, guys. That's the only reason why. So, uh, I, was, I looked up what St. Thomas had to say about peace. Aquinas? Saying? Yeah. My, bu- my buddy Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, yeah. Do you know him? I do. I do. I'm trying to get him on the show. 
Good luck. Yeah. We'll try to get him anyway. Uh, so he has a, he has four questions on peace. One of them is, is peace a virtue? And he says, no, it's not a virtue. It's a, a fruit of charity. Um, and so if you do not have charity, then you cannot have peace. Um, and I just thought that was interesting that he reckoned it uh, a fruit of charity because I, I don't think about necessary like if I think about a peaceful scene or a peaceful, you know, the times in my life when I have peace, I don't necessarily think about me being charitable in those moments, but um, he talks about how it's only when you're ordered towards the love of God can you truly have peace, you know, and that, and he says that because only God can satisfy our appetites and desires, um, and that really man is made for him, and so true peace we might we might have we might have a full belly um and we might have a warm bed but those things don't convey peace and it's only god himself that can do that and so charity is is necessary saint paul calls it a fruit of the holy spirit it's one it's on the yeah, list yeah 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 one of those things yeah i like those we should do a show on on some of those Ooh, at least so that i can get to know them better because well you were confirmed yeah. So that helped. Yeah, that does help. Yeah. You're right. You're Thank right. You, but, but I think peace is it. Obviously, this is a good time of year to talk about it in Christmas. There's something about Christmas that is a, it's a peaceful season. In fact, I kind of have the notion this is not true. I'm sure of it. <laughs> That's but a great way to start your sentence. Sometimes when I meditate on uh, the birth of our Lord, I feel like it's possible that there was the moment Jesus was born, there could have been peace in every person, you know, for an instant of peace on the whole planet. I have, it's just like, that seems like that would be a fitting thing to have happened. There's nothing in the tradition that says that that happened at all. Uh, But there's just something about Christ's birth that brings peace. I like your notion. Thank you. Yeah. It does not feel right that... Just for like one instance, one instant, nobody was in conflict with each other and that there was just peace and everyone was happy. I've caught myself in the last week or so just kind of, because we're now like getting pretty deep into Advent and I've Mm -hmm. gone around and asking people like, has your Advent been peaceful? Like, what's your Advent like? And you kind of talk about the time of Jesus Christ. Like, was that a peaceful time? Well, like all of Israel was like occupied by Romans and they're like, force marching people more or less to their place of their of their ancestral grounds i mean joseph and mary i mean they're 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 trekking and she's pregnant i mean there's no mercy out there and it's a hustle and bustle and they're they're doing stuff and i kind of like have a glimpse like you know here in broken arrow here in oklahoma here in the united states and beyond like it's like i gotta take off work so i can get shopping ah go 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 and i gotta do this and i got to hunt down something for the wife and i gotta People are like busy. I mean, even for priests, like we're like homebound. It's go time. You know, all the the pre-Christmas parties, whatever you want to call those, they they happen. It's just like ah, golly, all the stuff is adding up. The hospital things dying still. You know, nothing's changing there. Holy cow! Got funerals. May they rest in peace. Uh, Amen. May they rest in peace. But it's it's kind of go time. This is it's hustle and bustle. But at the same hand, like we got to think about those, you know. Those people who are like church rats, they're in the church and, and we're hustling about going, going, getting our stuff or doing our things or whatever. 
And they're like praying. It's just like, oh, God, thanks for them. Amen. Like, all right, a round of applause to you all. Cheers to you. But it's just like peace. Mm-hmm. This is what Christ is asking for, that we just slow down and just mm-hmm. receive him for who he is. Yeah, you're right. I think that peace is not an accidental thing. It's not something that you stumble into, you know, because you almost have to, well, it's sort of like Christ. You don't accidentally have a relationship with him. You know, it's something that you have to. He's seeking you. He he seeks us, but we have to respond. We have to accept. We have to accept that invitation, you know. Um, And peace is the same way where if you don't pursue it, sort of like leisure, Mm -hmm. um, you might have rest, but if you don't pursue leisure, you won't have it. I always think about like uh, St. Joseph as like as a dad i couldn't imagine like you have a pregnant wife you, you've been traveling around you're trying to find a place so she can give birth and everybody's like closing the doors on you like how helpless helpless does saint joseph have to feel he's getting desperate yeah i mean, I mean he's be obviously like yeah i i would be. i mean i couldn't imagine like Big trying to go panic. to each hospital like nope no room sorry nope no room and you can't even get into in like a hotel eight or whatever yeah motel, motel eight, eight. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean if, Tom Baudet's not even leaving the lights on for us yeah, at this right. point in time. It's I mean, like the so, one time everyone was booked. Yeah, and so I, I just couldn't imagine the anxiety that he had. Yet at the same time, I couldn't imagine him not exemplifying, uh, you know, a, still the the peace that was within him, yeah. knowing that uh, it was still God's plan. So, do you think it just seems like that worry? You know, I've heard that worry is a mild form of atheism. You know, if you're worrying, you're, you're saying like, oh, I'm not trusting in God. Like, it's not like that God isn't in charge of everything in this whole universe anyway. And so don't you think that possibly that that correlates with peace? Like the only time that you can't be, the only time you're not peaceful is you, you're not realizing that who is really in control, who's really our father, like who's, who's, yeah. who's really the one that's, that's, happen, that's making everything happen. Yeah. Worry steals her peace. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it comes in and, and it, it gets us going on this like what if tailspin. It's just like oh man, I've well, played what that if what this if. Happens, what if this is going on? It's like I don't know. Time if, out. Yeah. Peace is only in the present. Peace is, peace is not in the future. But peace is now. And if you want it, you got to live here. God's going to take care of you. If you have faith, if you trust, that's enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys do this. It's hard though. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to make it sound so easy. I don't know if you guys. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I do this all the time, where it's like I, I play this this role in my head or this game in my head, where it's like if this person comes up to me and says this, I want to say this, and then I want to say this, yeah. and if oh, he says this, then there. I'm definitely going here, and I I play all these like roles out in this this game in my head, where I get so worked up thinking, and most of the time I'm never going to even talk to this person. You know, it's like yeah. I'm not going to talk to uh, Nancy Pelosi. I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm never going to have the opportunity to talk to Nancy Pelosi. I'm not going to have a chance to talk to certain people. Yet I play this game where it, it disturbs the peace because I'm not living in the moment. Because like you said, peace is right here and now. Okay. Maybe it's only me. Maybe I'm the only one that does no, that. No, It's not you. Been there. Been there a lot. Okay. When we get back, we're going to pick up on this conversation. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan and Father Sean O'Brien. We're drinking some Father Dominic from Broken Arrow Brewing Company. BrokenArrowBrewingCo.com Tasty. A, a Belgian quad. I can remember the first time I discovered the Belgian triple. And I thought, I found my new favorite beer. And then I discovered the Belgian quad. And I said, forget triples. <laughs> I'm going with the quad. I'm a, I'm a quad man. <laughs> what I didn't mention before was that Father Dominic, he was part of the Sacred Heart Monastery, but they kind of, their monastery burnt down as like all monasteries do on the front, on the frontier there. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I kind of hate to say that, but I mean, build your building, building of wood and have candles and stuff. Stuff happens. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Big time sorry, in fact. It's Especially, it's really so weird. So they moved to another place called St. Gregory's University. They started like a, uh, school for Indians. It kind of transitioned to a boarding school, then it transitioned to a two-year college, then a four-year university, and then I attended way back in the day. Not way back, not that long ago, but it's like, wow, this, this beer has... But it's no longer roots. around. This is, oh, it's true. It is, it is closed down. Yeah. God bless them. Those monks are good monks. They are good monks. God bless them. They're still there. They're hanging in. Yeah, the monks are still there. But I love this beer because it's like, hey, this, this is part of my history. Yeah, I know those monks. I know those guys. Yeah. I'm going to drink to them. Cheers to them. Cheers to them. So, this, yeah, it's in their namesake. Uh, we wish them peace. Peace. A lot of peace. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, we were just talking about how peace is something that you have to pursue. It's not something that just stumbles upon you. Um, and I think that's important for us to remember here in Advent that Advent is not just a season that we passively wait through. You know, it, it's a time of waiting. It's a time of anticipation. But we need to take a, an active role in, in what that means. Like being intentional? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's one, it's one thing to just kind of like be sitting in a chair doing nothing. And then, but I think about waiting as the, the in the parable that Jesus talks about where the, the virgins who are well prepared, who have the oil for their lamps, you know, they're actively waiting. You know, they've, they're doing things to prepare. You know, and so we should be doing that here in this time of Advent. Principally, the thing that we wait for is not necessarily to celebrate the birth of Christ so much as it is his, his second coming. Um, that's what we are really waiting for in, in, this, in our current age. Um, and, and it's something that we should be waiting for and preparing for all the time. I mean, of course, we celebrate Christ's birth um, uh, the you know, culmination of the incarnation. Um, but ultimately, we should be preparing our lives, our hearts, our families, our souls for the second coming of Christ uh, because it could be any day. I mean, it could be in the next five minutes. We just, we just don't know. Um, but we need to be like those virgins who had oil for their lamps, who were ready when the bridegroom returned. I think sometimes we can talk ourselves out of the, this idea of being in the end times. But, you know, if you read scripture and, like, Jesus gives signs, he, he lets, you know, no one's going to be, like, well, there'll be people who are clueless. But, I mean, if you look at the words of Jesus, like, you're not going to be clueless. You know, there's going to be the signs and, and you know, the, the physical world. There's going to be signs and the, the, the world of human relationships. I mean, there's going to be wars and there's going to be famines and there's going to be fires and everything else that Jesus says. I mean, like... Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening. Yeah, I mean, he talks about 
when their clouds come up from the west, you know it's going to rain. Yeah. You know, and he uses he gives one other example. I don't remember what it is, but then I, I think that's what you're talking about. Then he says, "Here's the signs to look for." Yeah. So we don't know the day nor the hour. We don't know the day or the hour, but we can be ready because this is the end times. Yeah, and if you don't, if you're not very good at reading the weather, just be ready all the time. Yeah. 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 So what's what is what is not peace? Uh, yeah, what is peace this. not? I think, uh, you know, sometimes, especially kind of as we look at, like, world politics, as we look at world politics, it's like, hey, all right, if we can just get this country to stop, like, doing evil, and if we can get this country over here to, like, not bomb that other country over there, like, oh, we can all breathe a little easier. But in reality, oftentimes, that's, that's, that's what we call a stalemate. That's kind of what we call kind of, like, just general neutrality, as opposed to, like, peace, peace that has, like, Real substance, real substance. You know, I'm, I'm, the peace that I want to experience isn't just where, like, people are stopping. No one's punching me anymore. Woof! <laughs> like, yeah, okay, okay. There's relief there. There's definitely relief there. But, but it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. Yeah, it's I mean, thing. if you Plus are the peace peacemakers, peacemakers, and I think this is kind of where it's key, uh, because I mean, it's it's the teachings of Jesus. You got to forgive. You got to go out of your way to forgive. You got to be charitable. You got to go out of your way to be charitable. Because, I mean, you know, Marx kind of highlighted that, like, you know, when there's poor people and there's rich people, like, they're going to, one group's going to get envious and they're going to try to take over. I mean, you know, I'm not a Marxist or anything, but, like, (laughs) that's a good news. That's good because the Catholic Church condemns that. Right. (laughs) But at the same hand, like, he highlighted how horrible it was to, to have, like, two groups that are so extended from, from each other. And at the same time, the Catholic social teaching was really taking strides forward. And, uh, and that's with charity, you know, recognizing basic human rights, uh, going out and, and meeting those basic human rights, you know, getting off, off our butts to like go out there and be like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna give this guy something to eat because like I've been passing him on the road for like every day as I go to work and like, all right, yeah, I, I gotta say at least hello. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, you know, I, I wish I could do more, but I'm a little bit clueless. I, I'm gonna give a guy a granola bar one day, and you know, maybe I got like a leftover steak one day. Hey, that'd, be, that'd be great, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't just yeah. I don't have leftover steaks, yeah, Father. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, my nieces, David's kids, like love steak. Oh that's, my gosh, my three-year-old can put down some steak. It's, I've never been so proud of her. Yeah, that a girl. I I think that if you look through history, you see that that. Uh, human humans are always searching for peace, right? They're all like I think even in the most recent area. I mean, what I think of is like you know the whole hippie movement, give peace a chance. The in, in 1960, 1970s, they're all searching for peace. Now it's only a matter of where do you go to to find that peace. Yeah. Um, I think that you can find temporary peace that's not authentic peace in certain things, such as certain communities. Uh, they probably you know had. Idea, certain ideas, drugs, whatever they had during that time that gave them this idea or sensation of peace, but it was a false sense of peace. Yeah. And I think that as Christians, we have to realize that the only time that we actually have true peace, the only, the only true peace that we can find is in Jesus Christ, and that is the fulfillment of peace. And anytime that we, I think everybody's trying to get to peace, but anytime that we divert ourselves and go away from, from Jesus, to try to find the peace, that's when 
uh, we have we have hiccups. We have we have bumps in the road. I mean, I think that obviously that's even in the Garden of Eden. That's what happened when when we took our eyes off of, of, of what God says. We have these bumps in the road. Like the first four pages of the whole Bible is how you know God fi- fixed it all up for us to do the right thing, and then. We have thousands of pages of, of the Bible of yeah. how we mess it up, yeah. and we have to wait till Jesus to come, you know, to get there, to, you know, to fix it all for us. But I think that, that that's that's the issues that we have. I think that uh, it, it, I fall into the trap of like, oh, if I just like got this promotion, or oh, if I just if I just made just a little bit more money, or oh, if I just had a little bit more time to do X, you know, I would I would find that peace. I would have that peace. But I think that, like you were saying earlier in the last break, Father, is, is it's more about uh, finding that, the peace in that moment and making sure that you're intentional, like Dave was saying, making sure you're intentional about finding that peace. And how do you do that as a Catholic man? I think that you have to do that as you have to have a, whole, a, a, a holy hour of adoration every week. I mean, if you're not quiet... You have to know where that peace comes from. You have to know where that peace yeah, comes from. Yeah. And if you're not I mean, quiet... like peace incarnate, if you want to say it. Right, I mean, and, yeah. and he's ready to speak to you. But, but, you know, as uh, Carlos Saras says, you know, uh, God speaks in silence. His language is silence. Yeah, and I think you can't, you know, we've been talking about working, take this active, particip- active role in peace, but really it's not that, oh, if I only worked harder at it, I could be, have peace. The, the key is to, to let go, you know, and to, I, I just know that I get so distracted by world news, uh, yeah. politics of the day, you social know. media. I mean, stuff that really ultimately has very little to do with my with my day to day life. And you know, it's like, oh, what is what are these? What is the Democrat Party doing? What is whatever party doing? Um, if I just were to let go of that and say, you know, I can't control that. I'm not. I'm not in control there. I'm going to just trust God that. He is in control. Then all of a sudden, my peace is restored when I realize I'm not in control and I accept that. And, you know, I just trust that God is going to take care of me. When, you know, you think about that parable of God saying, look how I've clothed the flowers and how much more do I love you? You know, I take care of the birds of the sky and how much more will I take care of you? I mean, do we really, do we really believe that? It's it's both and it's both and it's both and we're Catholic, so it's like peace is a gift. It's just kind of dropped down from heaven. But at the same hand, like blessed are the peacemakers, Mm -hmm. and like we gotta we gotta we gotta clear the way out for that peace to come in. Let me give you a story here. Okay. So a friend of mine from college, she uh, uh, just kind of had a a light falling out of, of sorts, and she lives. I haven't seen her in a long time. But we kind of had a light falling out there, and uh, and I just kind of felt not at peace with her. I didn't feel like terribly anxious or anything. I mean, if I wasn't a Christian man, I'd be like, "All right, well, I'll just never see her again." But you know what? I called her up, reconciled, and that was that's what I needed to do. Yeah, I think that once we we allow Christ to work in us, that's whenever He can really do a lot through us. Okay, so we've been drinking Father Dominic. We talked about. A nativity set. Mm-hmm. The birth of our main source of peace. We talked about peace. Go out and trust in the Lord. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Hallelujah.